Well, now we can't use that as an intro. <laughs> but yeah, no, I remember them now that you mentioned it. But I would not have like when you just said the name, it would not like I didn't connect those those dots. I saw it on Twitter today. I was like, oh, great! Comes out at nine o'clock. <laughs> We're recording. A you are yeah. You're otherwise occupied at nine o'clock. This is the this is the best one of the year. This is our this, <laughs> this is where we shine every <laughs> this year. This is your moment. This is uh, this is everything. Um, Accuracy is not the, the measurement. It's about effort. Yeah, it's about it's about optimism. It's about yeah. We we measure it in we measure it in optimism and feelings. <laughs> I dare you to find the year where I under underpicked our wins. It doesn't exist. CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, August the 23rd. Now, if you're looking at a calendar, dear listener, Virginia is now one and a half weeks out from the season opener, which means next week we got to actually talk about an opener. We got to actually talk real football, which means today is our final off-season hurrah, and we we close the off-season every year with... Um, I, I I lovingly say it's my favorite podcast of the year. I love when optimism supporter just springs eternal, right? And that has definitely been the case for our, our preseason prediction podcast over the years. You know them, you love them, uh, you laugh at us, and that's fine. Because uh, you know what? At the end of the day, we're here to entertain. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, in Fishersville, board moderator du jour himself, David Spence, is on the show. How's it going, my friend? It's good to be back. I do have bourbon in my cup, and we're talking preseason predictions, so... Things are getting better. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. Things are getting better. I like the sound of that. Uh, in uh, Charlottesville, uh, Editor-in-Chief Justin Ferber is also on this year's program. How's it going, my dude? Uh, pretty good. I'm just uh, looking at what I wrote down for the game picks a few days ago, and I'm like frantically changing things to make the scores a little bit more weird because I know that you like that. <laughs> um, you know, no 21s, make it 22, make it 19. You yeah, because because if you look at the final scores, they're never like nice and even, you know, easy and even, you know? No, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially last year. <laughs> yeah. A lot of 12s and 15s and weird stuff in there. So, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Cavs Corner is also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates. May they return very soon. The content items and the occasional witty banter. All right, so this is how it works. For those of you who are perhaps, maybe this is your first preseason prediction show. If so, I apologize in advance. Um, basically, we're going to do exactly what the what the name might imply. We're going to walk through every game of the season. We're going to give you a number. We're going to give you a prediction. Um, we'll we'll create a, a little narrative, you know, for all of our respective teams. Uh, this is as close as we can get to uh, NCAA football on PlayStation or whatever until the game comes back next year. Um, but yeah, we're going to basically sort of walk you through the entire 2023 slate. Um, I, I don't think it, I don't mean, I don't think we need to like really, um, I don't think we need to, to, to go into too much detail about how much Ferber typically kicks our tail, uh, Dave in this. 
Um, I don't know anybody else's strategy, but I'm trying to be realistic as possible, but I'm also going to try my best to not be overly pessimistic. If the moment of um, doubt strikes, I'm going to try to be fair uh, as best as I can. Um, I also am doing this a little different this year. In past years, I typically have gone, um, you know, game by game and really sort of focused on what I thought the team was going to be. As I mentioned, the narrative a second ago, I'm doing a little bit different this year. I'm trying to basically sort of look at each one as if it's its own little entity, its own little like um, its own little thing in a bottle, uh, and we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that helps me uh, uh, in any uh, way, shape, or form. All right, you guys ready to do this? Wow, you guys are really excited. So. I love it. I, I was on mute. Ready as we're going to be, I said. <laughs> ready as I'm as we're going to be, he said to no one in the room. Um, okay. Cavaliers open the season next Saturday, uh, December. Wow, December. That's a that's a real bad typo on my part. Uh, September the 1st. Uh, EVA is playing in December this year. Something hey, that's right. a that's a good place to be. On Saturday, September the 2nd, uh, against the University of Tennessee, which is number 12, uh, hence the... Uh, me messing up all kinds of numbers there. Uh, let's see, Dave. Let's get started with you. Um, obviously, I think a lot of us figure this is going to be a loss. To what degree do you think that's true, and how do you see this one playing out? Um, yeah, <laughs> Tennessee's really good, right? Um, We're on I'm to January. Looking at some teams, like you know, obviously, we, none of us watched every Tennessee game last year, but just going back and watching highlights of their games and looking at the box scores the last few days they're like they were really good and i think we just think <laughs> about their offense but their defense is also really good i just love that um, you just keep saying it so much like i'm like every time you say it, i'm like hashtag spooler alert like you just keep yeah, saying it so I felt, like, maybe it's just it's me but i felt like when you thought of tennessee last year you almost thought like of like a baylor when their offense is really good like you forget oh they've still got an sec defense too like they 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 were very good. And I like offense, only... I feel like you think about their skill guys, but their line is like really good. Oh, Purple, really, what happened really to your? Good. Were you just like ages away from your microphone there? What was that? Nope. Is, is there is there like two Ferbers? There's like the one that's on the microphone. There's this one that like speaks to us from heaven. Yeah, Danny oh, White's listening in. There's there's some weird stuff going on here. Bear with me. It's Danny White. <laughs> we're we're, it we're we're leaving that in the show. That was funny. Does um, it sound okay now? No, you're good now. Yeah, yeah you're good. Yeah, it you're was good. like toggling between like the built-in mic and the regular Gotta hate when mic. does that. Yeah, because all of a sudden it sounded mic. like this you were talking. Mic. <laughs> it's such a niche joke, and I love it. Uh, gosh, it's a shame that you said – I love that you said that the yeah. week after making was here. That's perfect. Um, all right, I'm sorry, Dave. We, we, we Hijinks ensued. Uh, take us yeah. back to your actual prediction. Oh, long story short, Tennessee's good. Um, I think they only had two games last year where they didn't score at least 34 points, and they won one of those two. So, all right, don't be coming out here with your good. facts and your realities, yeah. okay? Hey, don't trust me. That. As the as night goes on, the facts are gonna get less less, less impressive <laughs> than that one. Um, no, they're they're really good. You know, I would categorize this categorize this as a, a likely loss for Virginia. Really going on a limb there. I love it. All right, give me your number. Um, yeah. I'm offended to put this number. I think it'll be close for a little while, but I've got Tennessee winning this 44 to 17. All right. So, Ferber in uh, Dave's world, UVA really came out and 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 did not did not put a good number on the board. Offense probably questions are going to abound going into week two. How how are you? You're probably the one of us who is the closest to like because you've got some friends who are really big uh, UT fans. Um, my, my aunt and uncle who live in Knoxville, who are huge UT fans don't listen to this podcast. So I can say things like that. 
Um, what do you think about the opener for the Who's? Uh, yeah, I think pretty much what Dave said. <laughs> oh no, you toggled, you toggled, you toggled to the to the wrong mic. Yeah, I'm not doing anything. It must there just be a now bad connection or something. Sorry about now that. You're back. Uh, but yeah, I think the same as Dave, pretty much. Um, I saw Tennessee play in person last year against LSU, and that game was over real quick. <laughs> um, and I kind of think. It, I actually don't think this one's going to be close for a while. Dave and I are very similar on score, but I think Tennessee actually jumps out to like a lead quickly just because of how they play. I mean, they're like, you know, all gas, no breaks. Uh, and then they score really fast. And I think if you're in your first game, it's it's almost like one of the worst teams you could play because you just come right out of the gate and you're like, all right, let's find out who we are. And Tennessee's up 14 nothing in a minute. <laughs> or what you know, not a minute, but two, uh, maybe a minute of possession. Um, they that score fast, happens, Justin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, usually when that happens, UVA started with the ball. Um, so I mean, I, Tennessee just kind of like the way they score, the way they can kind of get moving. It might, I think, it's going to take UVA a few drives on defense to kind of adjust to what Tennessee's like. Um, unless Joe Milton's bad. You know, so that's that's possible, I guess, but probably not going to happen. So I have 48-17 Tennessee. I think it's a game where UVA is down like 21 nothing, and like, you know, at the end of the first quarter and they kind of, you know, make it a, a little bit respectable after that. But Tennessee just kind of the problem with Tennessee is like it's not just their offense. It's like if you punt to them too much, they just score so many points that like, right. You have to be kind of like moving the ball and keeping the clock moving. And if UVA struggles to do that at all, it's going to be a long day. So a couple things to piggyback off of what you just said. First off, I actually agree with you versus Dave. I, my score, my number's not quite as you know any different than y'all's, but I, I think that the basically I think Tennessee sort of jumps on them a little bit. Um, UVA adds some some late field goals, some some stuff that just I mean makes it look a little bit better. But it, ultimately, we all know sort of the way this all happened. Um, but the other thing you 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 know you mentioned um, you know sort of the idea of like kind of having to adjust the one thing I do think about this game that is a little bit contrary to maybe what other folks think. I, I do think that I trust that um, it's going to get out of hand, I, I think pretty quickly, but I, I think that's going to be a lot that has a lot more to do with UVA's sort of defense and the specific questions. I think that the Cavaliers have, right? I think if this was a if the, let's say if this defense was had some questions in the front seven, but their secondary was sound, right? You had returning starters back. Da, 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 da. I just don't think this is the kind of game you want to be going into where you're trying to replace cornerbacks, right? Now that being said, I, it's not that I'm worried about them long term. I'm not worried about them for the season. I think Rudd and his guys do an incredible job, as we saw last year. But I'm just a little bit on the a camp that that I, I think this is a really rough matchup for them to start with. Now, having said that, I. One thing that Ferber just mentioned, sort of, you have to kind of keep things rolling. One of my other, maybe going against the conventional wisdom here, ideas is I genuinely think that UVA is not going to have a problem moving the chains. I think they're going to have a problem creating a lot of big plays, but I do think they're going to be able to stay on the field at times. And I think that's going to that, that that is going to be a thing that he's either going to give us reason to hope as the season goes on, right? Oh, look, they kind of have their stuff together a little bit, or it's going to frustrate the crap out of us. Why are they not scoring more points? They're able, they're doing pretty well on third down. Like why are they? Cause I, I, I think musket kind of fits that to me. I, he just feels like a guy who can get you a completion when you need one. Now he might not be able to do it, 
you know, X number of times at a certain level, and maybe he's not or throwing. in the red zone. You know, that, exactly. I, but I can totally see Virginia being an offense that can stay on the field, and I do think that probably plays a role here. But I got Tennessee winning at 41 to 20. Um, not a, I don't, I just don't think Tennessee's going to have any desire to like get out there and throw the kitchen sink. Uh, and I think the thing is going to be pretty much over mid second quarter. And really at that point, it's up to, um, you know, figuring out who your backups are and getting them some burn and that kind of thing. All right. Unless their athletic director steps in. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fair. The the other thing going against Virginia in this game is Tennessee plays Austin P the next week. Um, Mm-hmm. So fly is open. Let's not pull pull the starters as early as they would normally, just because they want to get them some work. Um, right. But I think the reason I said I think it would be close for a little while is, look, no offense, Tennessee. I'm sure they, I'm sure they're working hard this all season, but they're not working. You know, they got Virginia and Austin P staring them. They're, they're looking not, at Florida week three. Yeah, yeah. So it's there's a chance they come out a little rusty in Virginia. You know, expecting no resistance, and maybe they get a little more than they expected. Um, but yeah, I don't think the final score is going to be close. All right, week two, um, the ninth of September, JMU comes to town, um, and what will be this is odd to say, but it will be a fairly like, for all intents and purposes, quote unquote, big game, right? Um, JMU cl- clearly has sort of adopted this mentality of being sort of like a, um, you know, the chip chip on the shoulder. Right, that like the the Dukes are very big into sort of um, you know making people sort of respect them. You know, like they, they kind of just it's like their thing, um, and they've done a really nice job of it. I mean, there's no there's no way around that, right? Um, but because of the sort of background of you know Jamie wanting to play in state teams and sort of the success that Jamie's had against some of those teams, and certainly you know there's a story this week that basically Jamie's trying to play teams and nobody will come to Bridgeforth. Um, which I, I, I don't genuinely um, like. It's not that I, I doubt that. I, I don't know if it's necessarily people don't want to play you as much as it's that people want to control the TV rights of their games. Um, I think that yeah, it's like, what's the upside of playing in Harrisonburg? At least if you play ODU, you get like access to that area. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I, and even that these days, I don't think is as big a deal. Right. Um, but no, you want to, if you're going to play an out of conference game, you want to play it at your stadium. So the ACC controls the, the, the TV money, right? The TV rights. Um, I, I, I think that these things used to be a different way, you know, not to, not to borrow from, from Marlo Stanfield, but you know, you think it's going to be one way, but it's going to be the other way. Um, and if I just butchered that quote, I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, all right. Uh, Ferber, let's start with you. JMU, September the 9th. How you feeling? Did you just toss that to me? I did. Yep. Okay. Wow. I am rusty tonight. What can I say? Yes, it's two weeks off out of the last three is really. Yeah, that's a delay a game to start the to start the contest. <laughs> it's a delay um, game. We'll see. Now I mean, you I made don't... it funny, and I have to leave it in there because it was funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you know, this is a game where, like, I don't think any of the three of us have any misconceptions about like the danger of this game, right? Like. JMU is a program that is used to winning. They're going to come down here expecting to win. Um, I, I don't know exactly where the talent gap is, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I've I've kind of taken some early looks at them just because, you know, like no disrespect to this UVA team, but like we all kind of know where the first game's going. So like what's the second game look like? Um, JMU is kind of in an interesting spot. Obviously they had a really good first year in the FBS. Um 
you know, they, they, they're playing in a pretty good league in the Sun Belt, and they did really well for themselves. Um, you know, they did have some struggles when their quarterback got hurt, but, and now they're replacing him and, you know, nobody really knows who their quarterback's going to be yet unless they announce something today. Um, and it seems like they might play a true freshman, which would be wild. And we're going to know very little about them because they play Bucknell in week one, and that's going to be a cakewalk. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. I think, I think the good thing is like at this point, UVA, the players, the staff, the fans, everybody is aware of this game being not a, not a gimme by any stretch. Um, I don't know where the Vegas line is going to come down when the game gets played, but it's going to be pretty close. Um, I do think UVA is going to win this game. Uh, I think, you know, they certainly could lose, um, but I think they're going to win. And I I think the big thing for me is uh, the home opener. I think, I think they'll have some juice for that game after playing on the road. And I think JMU's quarterback situation is a pretty big unknown, and, you know, if JMU has good players, they have a lot of transfers on their team. And I think that they have some guys that can compete in the trenches, but I think UVA is going to have an advantage there on the defensive side of the ball, at least. And I just feel like UVA's defense we saw last year, um, they have a tendency to sort of like get off the field when they need to. And, you know, like they did a pretty good job against almost every quarterback they played except for Drake may, <laughs> um, so I think like a, a freshman quarterback, especially like coming down here on the road, first start on the road against a pretty good veteran defense. I think UVA makes enough plays on the defensive side um, to allow the offense to kind of do what they need to do to win the game. I think it's going to be close. And like I said, it could go the other direction and that wouldn't be a huge surprise, but um, I'm going to go UVA 21, JMU 17 uh, in a, like a low scoring game that UVA kind of leads most of the way, but um, JMU doesn't kind of let him get away. I I actually, you know, it's funny because I was having a lot of the same sort of thoughts about <clears throat> what you said about, you know, that this is a defense sort of made to kind of make a young quarterback early in the season. Um, you know, any sort of inexperienced guy, whatever, um, make life really difficult for him. But what's funny is that the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what that feels like? Because a lot of those games where you're like, oh, you know, this is going to be a question of this and that, and it feels like a defensive thing. A lot of those games for me, I feel like tend to be, they're the games that all of a sudden you're like, oh, when somebody, you know, has, the two teams combined to score like 60 points. And you're like, how did this happen? Um, that's kind of where I was on this, is the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know what, I'm not going to be surprised. And this is, I mean, I know it, this might sound ridiculous, to, but I'm, and I'm certainly not trying to imply that Virginia's coach is going to like not care about the opener, not care about playing a top 15 team, such and such. Right. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have not done a lot of work to get ready for this game. Um, Ferber, your point about that everybody understands the stakes and such, I think that's very well taken. Like there was a time when this kind of game, you know, folks, a lot of fans even would like take it as a, Oh, it's a gimme, you know, that's just obviously not the case anymore. And I think it's so obviously not the case that it's actually going to be the reverse, which is like, I could actually see guys really getting up for this. Um, so I've actually got Virginia winning this thing too. I honestly think that even as much as we, we focus on sort of the defensive side of things here, I just, I don't know. It just feels like one of those squirrely sort of weird, Hey, look, a bunch of points happened. So I've got UVA winning at 37, 33. Um, I, I think this is a game where Virginia can actually sort of find something at, um, at receiver, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that it's it's a it's a bad thing to play a really talented team like the the Cavaliers will have played the week before, right? And so I think things are going to come a little bit differently for Fields and Wilson and and Washington in this game. So give me the Who's, 
even the record of one and one. Dave, what you thinking? Yeah, I mean, you guys hit a lot of it. Like, I mean, it, it's hard. We still think of JMU as an FCS, right? And the, the, clearly, the players won't. Their fans don't. You know, their fans have talked enough the last two years where Virginia fans aren't going to take this game lightly. And then you add the first home game since the tragedy component on top of it. I, look, I think talent-wise, I, I don't know either. I'm kind of where Justin is. The fact they haven't named a quarterback as of recording of this podcast, that's a plus for Virginia. Um, and I don't think their their team top to bottom is as talented as it, as it was last year. You know, they got some pieces they would have wouldn't have gotten normally moving up from FCS um, with the with the super seniors and all that stuff. But they're still a very solid team. Uh, my my guess is it'll be a pick 'em, maybe Virginia like by a field goal, depending on how week one goes. But like I'm not a big sentimental guy, but first game, well, I guess I am, but <laughs> first game at home, I'm gonna pick a, a special score, win one, forty one fifteen. All right, say that number again. My my pen decided not to work. Uh, well, it's win number one. We went in the game forty-one to fifteen. You 41. couldn't work the one into the score, obviously. Yeah, I couldn't. But it is win number hard to one, do. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we're all at one and one when the Cavaliers go to College Park on Friday, September the fifteenth, for a game against the Terps, uh, who are apparently going to be wearing these like um, old script helmets with the all black unis that actually are not terrible. Though I know Dave uh, has is on record amongst the three of us at least for how much he dislikes the. Uh, the combination, but he's like, but it's their color. So what are you gonna do? Which I like the script Terps. Yeah, the script. Like, yeah. I think no, that's, that's so pretty good. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny because I don't like to. I don't like to say anything nice about Maryland. So that's the extent of that. Um, for let's start with you on this one because I mean, mm-hmm. genuinely, like I've, I've been all over the map about this game. Um, and I'm trying to not let my hate for College Park uh, win out. Um, because legitimately one of my like least favorite places to be on the planet. Um, what are you thinking about this matchup against the Terps? Oh man, shout out to Bird Stadium. Oh, it's been a long time. It has. Um, I was it there really the has. last time UVA played there when David Watford <laughs> took a young David took Watford a knee you and and like almost like knocked him out of field goal range, and then they missed the game winning field goal attempt or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Um, it was a tight game. Both teams are pretty bad, I think. But yeah, let's see how it goes young this year. David Watford. I. Yeah, I am going to say a couple of nice things about Maryland. I, I did not think the Michael Oxley thing was going to work, and it hasn't, like, you know, it's not like they're about to make the playoff or something, but he's kind of doing pretty pretty well for himself considering, like, the schedule they have to play every year. Um, just being able to get Maryland to bowl games in the Big Ten East is pretty, pretty good, I think. Um, and, you know, I think that they're recruiting the way that you would imagine that they should. Um, given, you know, Loxley's kind of chops and, and where they are located. And I mean, I think losing, <laughs> to be honest with you, this isn't related to the game, but like UVA kind of like losing some recruiting battles to Maryland in the state of Virginia is more disheartening to me than losing guys to tech. <laughs> um, you know, so it's, it's interesting that they're kind of having some success, but, and they've also done a good job with their roster. Um, you know, obviously, I think uh, Tagovailo is a really solid quarterback. He he did, he started out a little rocky earlier in his career, but he certainly seems to have found himself. Um, and you know, I think he's probably one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think this game is going to be super competitive. Um, I think Maryland's going to be pretty good, even if I don't necessarily think they're going to be a nine and three type team. But I think they're going to be a seven win team or so, eight win team that earned it um, because they're just they play a tough schedule. Um, 
And I think at home, uh, UVA kind of another game on the road, short week. Um, I just think it's going to be a tough spot. I, I don't think, I guess I should rephrase. I don't think UVA is going to be like, you know, get rolled necessarily, but I think this is a game that Maryland kind of controls. Um, they, they get a solid lead uh, and then they kind of just roll with it to the end and UVA kind of puts up a little bit of a fight, but not enough on the road. Um, I have Maryland winning 34 to 17. 34 17 to the Terps. <sighs> it's hard for me, man. <laughs> it's hard for me to be nice about Maryland. I can't. I don't know. Dave, what are you thinking on this one? Yeah, I mean, I think Maryland's a, a pretty good team. Ferber kind of nailed it. Like, and you got to add the the fact that Virginia plays a short week, um, coming off a, a two really tough games in a row, heading to College Park, whereas Maryland plays Charlotte the Saturday before and has like. I do think they go to Michigan State the week after, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, it's a big game. Like, I haven't been to a Maryland game since 09, um, 07-09. That's a good two to go to up there. So, I'm used to seeing Virginia win. I just don't think – I don't know if they can pull it off. Um, you know, at some point, you know, when you when you play, you know, a tough Tennessee team and then come home against a – for an emotional game against a team like James Madison, um, you're – you're, you're going to get dinged up. And I think this is a game where, you know, is the depth there, you know, it's going to be a, I don't know what the crowd's going to be like on a Friday night, but it's probably better than Saturday at noon. So I um, checked, there's a lot of tickets available. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, still not great, but anyway. And when I mean I a lot, I mean a, a lot. <laughs> yeah. A tough spot for a young, you know, a young quarterback and a young team making their second, you know, road, road game in what, 15 days or something. Um, so I've got Maryland winning it 31 to 16. All right. I um I went back and forth between thinking Maryland was going to thump them and thinking Virginia might actually pull an upset. And the reason for that weird oscillation is because I, I'm the thing I'm struggling with this preseason. I feel like I know what I'm going to get from the defense even with um you know filling some holes, right? I I think I'm going to get about what I would expect from the offense, which is that I think they're going to be better than last year, but they're not going to be good. So the question is, to what degree are they better, right? Because let's be real. The offense just would need to like walk in one direction without falling, and it, that would be improvement, right? That disaster we saw last season, um, it, it, you, it, it does not take a lot, right, to improve from that to be quote-unquote improved. Um, I, I, I really like their skill talent. I, I think that part of the problem I have right now is that Ferber's depth chart and sort of walking through it didn't necessarily make me feel the warm and fuzzies about the offensive line, but I feel better about the skill positions than I did previously. And I don't know if that's, you know, the preseason awesomeness disease catching up with me or what, but so anyway, so I ultimately, I thought, you know what? I think Maryland is the better team. Um, but I don't, I, I do. I, I think that every year there's that one game that just totally breaks like with conventional wisdom, right? Um, and maybe this is the one because I think you're going to go into it. I think I could totally see Maryland being a touchdown favorite in this game. Um, because especially if like things go about what we think they'll, they'll happen against JMU after getting blown out by Tennessee. Right. Um, so yeah, give me, give me the charts 28, 20. I don't feel I'm not happy about making that prediction. 
Um, and I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see EVA play pretty well, especially considering to the to the point. Like, I don't think that the environment here, like this is their first true road game, and yet it's going to be nothing like the first road game. They yeah, played. the first game is the first road game. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it might it might be at a quote unquote non you know non home site, whatever. But screw that. Um, so th- it's hopefully weird, UVA but, will be re- well represented in co- in College Park. I mean, they have been in the past. Um, that'll be an interesting barometer of sorts, right? Um, all right. So then we've moved the, the the circus to Friday nights because the next Friday night, September the twenty second, NC State comes to town, and, and their offensive coordinator here. I'm looking. At, I don't know if I'm if anyone's familiar with this person, Robert Anai. I believe is how you say his last name. Uh, I believe their quarterback is also familiar to all of us. I, listen, I'm going to start on this one. I, look, I, I said a minute ago, I th- you know, there's always that one game that conventionalism doesn't go. I, listen, if there's a prediction I'm going to be wrong about, let it be this one. Um, <laughs> because, like, I'm going to go all in on this, and I'm not even going to think twice about it. I genuinely, I genuinely don't think that um, we're ready for the catharsis that would be um, – Virginia having a really nice game against NC State. I think NC State's talented. I think NC State has a lot of good pieces. I think Dorn has shown over the years that, um, you know, more often than not, this is the kind of game that they they win. However, I used to joke that with Bronco, because he was a little bit different, that you sort of had to leave 15, 20% of, the, of any sort of situation open because you weren't really sure which way he would go. Um, you know, I'm, jo- I'm, I'm mentioning conventional wisdom a lot on the show. And that man went against it all the time. You know what? So does NC State crap. That's not the word they use for that, but I'm going to kind of try to keep it family friendly. I think Virginia is going to roll in this game. I think this is the one where a lot of stuff clicks. I think that um, they're going to put pressure on NC State to throw the ball. Um, I think a lot of the guys uh, are going to be really excited to have this opportunity considering some of the things that happened uh, in the past. And I'm just, I don't know. I I think Virginia rolls in this one. Um, I might be crazy. And if so, that's fine. Um, but I've got UVA winning at 38 to 15. No, I'm not going to do that. I'll say 14. Um, I, I wrote it down and was like, nah, I don't do that. You take Moving, a point away from them. That's what yeah. you do. No, move the who's to, to two and two at 38, 14. And, and everybody and their brother will be like, what is happening? And then we're going to go to Chestnut Hill the next week. And I'm going to drop a little bomb on you. All right. Uh, Dave, let's go to you next. H- how are you feeling about the matchup with, uh, with the Wolfpack? I mean, I like your take a lot better. Um, you like you like my I, version a lot better yeah, than the one you got on yeah. paper, huh? I mean, in yeah, that I think, scenario, like there, there's a scenario where like Brennan could get benched if oh, yeah. if, they're, if they lose thirty eight to fourteen. So here's the weird. I wanted to ask you guys this before we got into NC State, but I forgot to butt in. Um, like I don't know how much of the fan base, like I know where I sit on Brennan, um, being privy to some information, right? Um, like it's. I, I want to watch us win 38 to 14, whatever Brad said. But I also think there's a huge part of the fan base that thinks, you know, Brennan kind of done wrong should have yeah. gotten catered to last year. Or, or they think like, you know, I think a lot of people are more just ambivalent about it. I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, he, you know, he did his thing here. Like it didn't work out. He's moving on. UVA is moving on. Good luck to everybody. Well, yeah. and I think and this then is then a good conversation to Jake component to it. Yeah, right? that's fair. It's going to be a, I, I, I want to make clear, I, I don't have any ill will, um, certainly not toward TJ. Anai, I think, you know, the, the pass against Tech is is hard to, you know, to handle. Yeah. But then some of the things that happened in between um, that and 
when he actually was not was no longer employed by the university left a lot to be desired and I'm just going to leave that there. I think Brennan went into last season um thinking that he was just going to be what he was, right? And in all actuality, I think a lot of people make that mistake, right? I think um, UVA's coaches made that mistake. And I was and I was getting ready to say and I think Virginia also made that mistake too. But I also think yep. that when things got rough, I mean, the body language, I mean, it's hard. And I, look, I, I've gotten in some trouble in the past for 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 saying things I think and acting as if everybody agrees with that. So I'm certainly not going to make the case that everybody has the same point of view on this I do. I just think that it was fairly obvious to me, right, that either Brennan was not at a place, the same place he was the year before. The frustrations of the offense, maybe, um, you know, he just, it was not what he wanted to run. Um, but it didn't look like to me that he was super like plugged into it. And then I think that as the staff did the wrong thing and tried to switch some stuff up to sort of cater to him, it just made things worse. Um, and I think it, it really kind of was at the detriment of the team. So I think everybody sort of walked out, um, you know, kind of with the, you know, fingers that they could have pointed at everybody, including themselves. That being said to Dave's point, like this is a really interesting sort of Rorschach test of sorts, right? Because a lot of fans, I think you're probably right. A lot of fans probably feel like maybe Brennan, you know, hit the situation the way it played out was kind of unfair to him. And so, may, I'm not saying yeah. they're like going to pull for him per se, but they they're they're not going to be as excited or they're not going to think it's cathartic, right? The way that I think it will be cathartic for well, cathartic for a lot of players. If that's and those same happens. people, and I'm not even we'll we'll see what happens this year. We don't know. Um, like those same people are probably very worried that he's going to let UVA up, and that's the other thing, yeah. right? Which is the yeah. you know. Um, that's the, the yeah, and I don't know what side of that ball. Like, like, so this, I brought that up because I think this is where you start getting into the season where when you start doing what we're doing now, which is picking game by game, what happened in the previous games really influences it, right? So, Virginia, for some reason, besides some, you know, miracle is two and one or three and oh going into this game, we know which side the crowd's going to be on, right? If they're oh and three rolling into this game and Brennan's playing well. Like, especially if you I think things can go bad, bad quickly. Um, so that's why I bring it up. That, that's this is going to be kind of, I think, your your barometer, if, if not thermometer, on the rest of the season. Um, look, I, I just think I, I don't think NC State, I think our defense is going to be primed up. Um, you know, it's a Friday night game, which Virginia historically hasn't done that well in, well in at home. Um, I don't get to tailgate as long as I like that. That annoys me. NC State yeah. plays VMI the week before, <laughs> so you know it. It's a bad spot. Um, I'm going to pick Virginia to lose this game, but I'm going to make myself feel better by saying it's a complete defensive struggle. Um, and NC State wins it 13 to 10. 13. I mean, we kind of saw that last year when UVA went to Syracuse, right? Everybody was like, yeah. oh, Robert and I is going to just destroy them, <laughs> you know, because they yeah. had started out pretty good. And it's like that game, I think they scored like one touchdown in the game. Yeah, I think it, it was the first drive. And it? it was set up by like a 70-yard kick return. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. like, it wasn't like he put together some great drive. Um, You know, it's interesting. That game was like kind of circled, right, you know, with the connections and – this game is much more of like a circle game with all of the Brennan stuff. And it's at home. I think that changes the dynamic quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I try to just like look at the football game and, you know, I honestly like I, I, I guess we're going to find out. But I'm interested to see how Brennan handles it, you know, more than maybe even how UVA handles it. Um, just because like, is he going to come out and like just 
be comfortable in the scheme. I mean, there's a chance they just kind of pick up where they left off and he's really good again. I don't know that NC state has the skill guys that UVA had that year. Um, so I'm interested to see like who he ends up throwing the ball to. I know their defense is going to be good and they have good quality line play and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see if he kind of like comes in and is just kind of like comfortable and dicing him up or if he comes in and is like pressing. Cause I think we saw him pressing quite a bit last year. Um, and the results were bad. So I'm interested to see kind of like what that looks like. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this game has a lot of different results and I think it really, I don't know that it's fair, but I think it's going to be sort of a referendum for a lot of people involved. Um, even though it's just one game, like, I mean, UVA fans are going to kind of like, it's, it's going to influence what they think about Brennan's ability and like, you know, decision-making and like his transfer, Robert and I, you know, I think like he didn't really light them up last year, but if he does this year, people will just circle back to that, you know, and just be like, see, like, you know, he knew what he was doing. Um, if NC state loses and looks bad, then it's like, Oh, okay. Maybe it was more those guys than the new staff and the scheme. Um, I don't know that any of that is fair to anybody, um, but it's going to happen. Right. So the only way it doesn't happen is if everybody looks bad, like Dave said, <laughs> um, and then everybody will just be like, I don't know what's going on. Um, ultimately though, I think NC state's the better team. I think they have a really good defense. Uh, I think UVA is going to struggle to score and move the ball. Um, I think Brennan will make enough plays uh, to, to kind of get over the, the hump, I think his ability to run the ball is sort of underrated, and I'm interested to see if UVA misses that at all this year. Um, but yeah, I think NC State wins it. I'll say 26 to 20, NC State. All right. So what I find really interesting about this game, to be quite honest, is on the one hand, part of me thinks like my scenario here is that Brendan's pressing um, – you know, that Virginia actually is able to, to score some points. Things don't go as well for um, State's offense. And and and, and kind of the, the, it just sort of gets off the rails pretty early for them. That being said, you could also see the flip side, right? Two things. One, Robert and I is historically very good um, at kind of taking the pieces that he has and figuring out how to make them work, right? Now, granted, um, you know, he got – I think he was very fortunate Virginia had the tight ends – that they did um, in those couple of seasons, right? Especially Jelani Woods. Uh, I think that Jelani, you know, we we talk a lot about him on this podcast, but that he was the absolute like goat of that season, and that's that's no disrespect at, at Brennan, okay? But you just can't really you can't really put into context like what Brennan was seeing when you don't really account for just how much of an impact Jelani had on what Brennan was seeing, right? And how that changed things for Robert. The other thing is, is that Robert is a very, you know, for lack of a better description, I think he's, I think this is a, he circled this game for, you know, I don't know what he's going to say publicly, but my, you know, a dollar to a donut, that man is ready to sort of put this back in UVA's face. Not just for, you know, all the things that are public, but I, I think that he's got some, some real beef with, you know, um, behind the scenes, that kind of thing, how it all went down, that kind of stuff. So it would not surprise me at all if they come in looking for blood. The trick here, I think, is that um, that this game is in Charlottesville, and I do think that you know we're we're still not you know we still have not seen a, you know a significant amount of like what I would call like transfer era games where you've got guys who 
played with your team and now they play with some other team and that's just sort of the natural way of it. So I imagine he's going to get um, a fairly, um, I don't know, an unwelcome welcome. Even though yeah, I, I was going to say, what people, is the reception going to be like? I feel like I think it'll a lot be of people sort of ambivalent. Will, like, I think a lot of people will 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 try their best to sort of be. Um, middle of the road like respectful i don't think he's gonna get like a standing ovation or no he's not but i don't think he's gonna get booed (laughs) out of the place either but i do think that it's very it's gonna be very different for him and listen you can mentally prepare all you want for that moment right you can think about like how it's gonna feel and stuff but until you're actually there in the visiting locker room and stuff like i mean look if he's able to come out and have a great day and he's able to really channel that more power to him but i just I, i like i said i i have a hard time seeing that being the way this thing all goes down all right, so at this point in the season, I got UVA at two and two. You guys both are one and three. Uh, Virginia then goes to Boston College on Saturday, September the thirtieth. So they get to the extra day um, after that uh, NC State game. I'm gonna be honest; like I don't know what to think about BC because um, BC always has like a random dude or two that is actually really good, and nobody really expected them to be good. And then you watch them, you're like, oh, obviously that dude's good. Um, and I'm just not entirely sure if this BC team has that. That being said, I think this is one of those weird sort of, you know, the cliche like, well, this one's actually about UVA. I think this is this game's really about like, you know, for me, I, I think they've come in against NC State one solidly and they're going on the road in hopes of putting something together. Right. And unfortunately, I just it's hard for me to pick that to be a thing that happens. Right. I can I can feel comfortable saying like, oh, I think, you know, Brendan and Dr. Bob are not going to have the uh, um, the kind of return home experience that they have maybe hope for, and Virginia's going to win that game. But I, I have a hard time sort of predicting Virginia's going to like consistently do well, right? That all of a sudden they're going to be who they haven't been uh, in a while. Um, not saying they can't go up there to, to, to BC and win. I just I, I struggle to see it. So I'm, I'm, I'll go first this time. I've got Virginia losing this game. 27-24, I think it's a little bit of a a heartbreaker in the sense that, like, I think a lot of people are going to be excited. Like, hey, I think maybe we can put something together, and then maybe that's where that lack of consistency really steps in. Uh, Let's see. Dave, let's go to you next. Um, How do you feel like Virginia matches up with with Boston College? I feel like Boston College in general is a place that Virginia teams go to struggle. I was just going to say that. I don't think they've ever won there. Like, I don't remember them winning, even going back to like when BC joined the league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even basketball, right? (laughs) Like it doesn't matter either way. Yeah. Virginia struggles. Um, But I think when you look at where Virginia has played up to this point, you could argue this is the least talented team they've faced this year, um, depending on where JMU is. Um, But they're certainly, Boston college is certainly at least talented. The other three, you have the other, uh, you know, Tennessee, Maryland, NC State, um, and also like I, I think if this if this Virginia team is what I think they are, I think they're going to struggle to win out of the gate just because of the competition they're facing, um, you know, and having two road games, one of which is on a short week, and then you know a home game where a lot of emotion is going to be involved with both JMU and NC State. I, I think this is a place where Virginia, like this team they finally get away from the distractions. You know, they kind of settled in, um, show some improvement. And I don't know, I don't think Boston college is going to be much different than they were last year. Um, 
which is to say a Virginia level team. Um, I was gonna say bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think what they were three and nine last year as well. So it, I've I've got Virginia win this one just because I think this might be a game where they can just settle in. They listen to their coaches and um, just kind of all the hype is gone. And this is just a quiet Saturday in Chestnut Hill. Um, so I'll, I'll go Virginia winning this one, 19 to 13 to get to two and three on my board. All right. For what say you? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at what they did last year, Dave, they went three and nine. And if you look at the scores, I mean, they were, they were pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, they beat Maine, and they beat Louisville by one, and that was a game where everybody was like, Scott Satterfield's about to get fired. Um, and then, and I can't remember, Malik Cunningham might have been hurt in that game. And then uh, they beat North Carolina State by one. Talk about <laughs> talk about NC State, you know what, uh, <laughs> NC State losing at home to Boston College. Yeah, there you um, go. And then the next week, Boston College went to Notre Dame and lost 44-0. to <laughs> Um, so I mean, like, yeah, I mean, they had games where they scored, they had multiple games where they scored three points. Um, you know, so, I mean, they were pretty bad and I think people think that Emmett Moorhead, their quarterback might be a little bit of a breakout candidate. I I think that'll be interesting to kind of watch and see where he is. Um, maybe UVA getting him earlier in the season is a good thing. And and I think they'll miss Zay flowers, obviously, who ended up being tremendous last year coming back from injury. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that this is a game UVA can win. I think it being if it was at home, I would feel differently. Um, yeah, me too. But I, I'm I'm still gonna pick them to win uh, just because I was there were I'll get to the other game later, but like there were two games where I was like ah these are kind of like winnable. I don't really know, and I decided I wanted to split them, so I picked this one as the win. Um, but yeah, I think this is gonna be an interesting game. I think you know, I think Dave's points right. I think they might struggle early, even if they're better than they were last year, they might struggle early just as a byproduct of their opponents and where the games are played and stuff like that. But maybe around this time, you kind of start to see some upward trajectory and then they can kind of hold their own against the teams they're playing right. for the most part. Um, but I have UVA lose or I have UVA winning this one 23 to 22 in a weird score game. Yeah. Actually, th- I think this game being on the road is an advantage for Virginia. Um, I mean, I'd much rather play Boston college on the road. Then NC State at home. Then no. Yeah. Then play Boston College at home. You know, same record, right? Because I think the juice you're going to get from the crowd is the same. And at least here, you get to they get to take you away a day before and make you focus. <laughs> so, well, also it's like if you've started out, let's say, what's Boston College's schedule look like before this? I, mean, I don't know. Um, uh, they got Louisville the week before and Army the week after. Yeah, and then and they've already would have played Florida State, so they'll have at least one loss and probably two. Um, because I don't think they're going to beat Louisville on the road. Um, no. And then and the first two games they should handle. So they'll probably be two and two. But I don't think anybody's going to think, for UVA, is going to think like, oh, BC's unbeatable. Like, we can't go up there and win. And I think if you've started one and three, or maybe even oh and four, or two and two, or whatever, you're looking at these next two games, and you're saying, all right, we got two more games before our bye. If we can find a way to scratch both of these out and win, then all of a sudden, like, we can change our season. Um, right. Yeah. UVA was in a similar situation last year, and it doesn't feel like that now because things went bad. But remember, they beat Georgia Tech, and they got to what? Like, what were they like two and three after like a really rough start? And Georgia Tech was obviously bad. Um, but it was like okay, like they won this one. Um, you know, they went out on the road and won. They beat an ACC team, and then everybody kind of knew that Miami team coming in wasn't very good. 
And it was like, if they can put this one together, you're, you're 500 again. And then right. you can kind of like your season could, and you still had the coastal and tech games that obviously didn't get played. So there was like a, there's a real path to a bowl now. Um, and I think that might be where this team is earlier in this season where they're like, if we're going to turn it around, this is our chance. Right. Um, BC and then William and Mary. Speaking of William and Mary. So October the 7th, um, Virginia gets to still play on Saturdays, which is, it's so funny because like normally I just instinctively just think Saturday, but this, the schedule is so weird. Um, I, listen, I, I don't, you Ferber just said something that made me think that it kind of jives with the way, the way I kind of see this thing, which is like, I feel like UVA is going to have some fits and starts, right? Where things click for a little while, but they can't quite click everywhere. Right. And so like, as soon as you plug one hole, you know, you have some issues somewhere else. Um, Dave, let's start with you. Where do you see the William Mary game going and what's your score? I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on William Mary. If we, if we lose the William Mary and start the way we did, then we're going to have a lot of different podcasts uh, come <laughs> mid-season. Like, William, like William Mary is going to be a really good FCS team, but yeah, I agree. Come on. Um, like, you know, second year, midway through the season, this shouldn't be a contest, but look, the, the world exists. This could be, you know, um, you know, Virginia does start 0-4, which is very, I would say Vegas probably, it's probably, it's, it is definitely yeah. a, a bigger, a bigger likelihood than Virginia starting 2-2. Two and two. Um, I think it's like, you, you wouldn't say it's likely, but because of the coin flip nature of the games, but like, yeah, right. you know, it's, it's not a, impossible. Like last year, I would have said it's impossible for them to yeah. start 0-5. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think, not, not to be a you know a doomsday guy on a on a preseason excitement podcast, but you know if your team gets zero and four with the uh, redshirt rules like they are and the transfer rules like they are, things can change real quick. Um, so let, let's say that happens, then this game could be a big deal. But in my world, it hasn't. Where Virginia's two and uh, go, yeah, two Virginia's and one and three, and this uh, two and three, and this is the chance to get back to five hundred. And I think they do. I've got Virginia winning it twenty six to sixteen. See, I was of the mindset that. Um... You know, this is, and this is going to sound odd, so my apologies, but I feel like this is the biggest game of the season, um, at least for Tony Elliott, right? Because this game, you come out, you look like you know what you're doing, and people, there's a sigh of relief, right, that that will kind of buy you some time because the next few games might not necessarily go the way you think, right, or the way you hope, I guess I should say. This is the one you got to win if you lose. But if you lose this one, like if they lose, if they lose this one, no matter what the record is before that, I mean, unless they're like, you know, unless they're five and zero, right? But if they lose this one, yeah, it's going to be rough, rough sledding. So I mean, I think, man, if they're one. five and zero and Mike Lennon comes in and wins after they after you walk off the field of God, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, give yeah. me, yeah. give me, give me the who's thirty five seventeen, um, handling their business, doing like doing it like they're supposed to. Um, people, you know, there's a collective like, okay, um, which is good because I don't think that the rest of the season is going to go smashingly well for them. Ferber, what's your what's your pick for the for the William Mary game? Dave, did you want to say something real quick? Oh, sorry, I, I cut in? you off. No, I was no, I mean, I was just going to say, you know, in a world where Virginia's zero and five going into this game, um, <laughs> I mean, what it's not even in this. Virginia could be zero and five before the end of September. Like, mm-hmm. God forbid this game is close if that's the situation. So um, back to positivity. Yeah. I mean, if that happens, then you got other issues. <laughs> um, 
you know, I think I think I feel the same way you do, Brad, about this, but about the JMU game and not and obviously it's different because the JMU game is more losable. But I think it's like you can everybody expects you to lose to Tennessee. If you come out and beat JMU, everybody's like, OK, they're they've handled their right. business and they yes. beat a team that everybody now respects as good. Um, they're not right. like it's not like ODU coming in last year and ODU had beat tech last year, but like everybody kind of knew like, all right, this seems not that good. Like they're just, they're just in the way this week. And JMU is much better than that. Um, you know, William and Mary, I think, you know, it's like, you have to win. I, I get what you're saying though. It's, it's like, you, if you don't win this game, it's like, what do you, you like? What, what are you building towards at this point? But yeah. And um, also too, it would be so deflating for the whole program. Like everybody yeah. in that building, every single person would feel absolute defeated, right? Like absolutely defeated. Um, Except for Mike London <laughs> and Matt Johns <laughs> and whoever else from UVA is like Razai Dowling. Well, no, 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 um, no. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. My bad. I mean, at U, in UVA, everybody UVA. in orange and blue. <laughs> yeah, right. If, yeah, if William Mary wins that game, everybody who's coming to work that day is going to feel like, yeah, this thing is not working. Like this isn't going to work. Players are yeah. feeling disenfranchised. Coaches are feeling dejected, confused, angry. Um, and I mean, you got to be starting one week, you know? This guy, yeah, it's a really tough spot to to lose that kind of game. But anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think UVA is going to win this game, but I think it's going to be scary. Um, William and Mary's got a a pretty good machine on offense. Uh, they know what they're doing now. Uh, you know, when when Mike got there, they didn't have the guys. You know, they they just they had a bottom tier CAA type roster, and UVA played them a couple years ago, and that game. I think UVA won like 44 to nothing and that game could have been way worse. Um, I, this ain't going to be like that. Um, I think William Mary's going to score. I think UVA is going to be kind of in a weird spot where they're probably a little banged up after four tough, ga- five tough games or six tough games, however, five tough games, whatever it is. Five, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, going, and then they're going to be kind of looking ahead to that by obviously William and Mary Super Bowl. There's a chance that William and Mary's like five and oh, um, you know, based on who they've played already. Um, I think UVA wins 35-28. I think the defense kind of has some head-scratching, you know, touchdowns that they allow, but I think that's a byproduct of William & Mary kind of just knowing what they're doing. Um, And I think that UVA ultimately scores a bunch of points because William & Mary doesn't quite have enough guys to kind of slow them down, especially on the edge. I, uh, I, I, I know I just made a, you know, a pick based on a sort of read of the situation that says that Virginia is going to be, kind of figuring some things out and William Mary isn't able to sort of keep up. However, there is a very real reality or potential reality, I guess is the way to phrase this, where a lot of those former UVA guys, you know, um, are going to be very ready to go in there and pull off an upset. And there's a lot to be said for that sort of motivation, especially in this day and age. All right. So by week time, we're at 53 minutes into the show, um, which, you know, is going about, going about exactly the way I expected. We're all at three and three overall. After the bye week, Virginia comes back and has to go on the road two weeks in a row. First of those in Chapel Hill, Saturday, October the 21st in North Carolina, the Drake May show. Um, I've got, I've got Carolina scoring a bunch of points, uh, winning the game solidly, though not handily. Um, I, I think Virginia's defense just can't keep up that Drake May's that good, but I also think the offense put some points on the board and I feel like everybody goes home sort of, you know, happy ish, right. Offense did what it needed to do. Defense didn't, wasn't like, you know, sort of getting it in its own way. It's basically just this kid's really good. And that's just sort of the way it goes. So 
Give me the the heels there, forty two to twenty eight, pushing UVA to three and four on the year. Ferber, what's your uh, what's your pick here? Yeah, very similar. Um, I think North Carolina is just too much. Um, I think UVA coming off the bye does make things a little interesting, just because they'll have two weeks to kind of get ready for this. Um, yeah, I think I think the I think it's kind of like last year's game, right? Where it's like I, I, UVA kind of like I think overshot the mark in last year's game a little bit, and we're like more competitive than people thought they would be. Right. Um, but you know, especially UVA had so many guys out on offense that week. Um, but yeah, I think it kind of plays out the same way. North Carolina just makes enough plays. They get enough points. UVA can't kind of keep up with them, but they do get their own points and they lose 38, 27 on the road. All right, Dave. Yeah. For me, uh, um, see Carolina plays Miami the week before, um, look, I, I don't when... know. I expect Carolina's <laughs> defense. I mean, offense to be pretty good just cause Drake may is good, but you know, new offensive coordinator, um, Lost a lot of weapons at receiver. Don't know what the situation is with the uh, transfer who got denied. Um, so I don't think there. You know, there's a very real possibility they're not as explosive on offense as they were last year. Um, but I do think North Carolina's defense is going to be a little better. Um, still, don't think they'll be great. But look, Drake Mays at home. I, I, you can't pick Virginia to win that game, despite Virginia playing them close last year. Um, I've got a kind of similar score to Brad. I've got 34-28 Carolina. 34-28. So we all got UVA at 3-4 and four as the Cavaliers get on the road again on Saturday, the 28th of October, heading down to Miami Gardens, I guess, technically. Um, I always want to say Coral Gables, and I remember that that's actually not where they play. Um, Dave, let's start with you. Where, how do you? I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that that you're not a big fan of Miami going into this season because everybody and their brother always thinks that oh this is the year, and then Miami inevitably finds a way to make sure that that's not accurate. What do you What are you feeling like this matchup against Canes? Look, I think Miami is going to surprise some people this year. I mean, they they've collected some talent, um, and I, I don't hear as much hype around them. And I think for Miami, that's good because um, they've always had talent. That's never been the issue it's been buy-in and discipline and execution and coaching quality and all that other stuff um yeah i wouldn't miami could be a surprise team this year i, I wouldn't put my money on them because i like my money but um virginia you know again to go to the schedule they play clemson the week before and state the week after so a good place for virginia but i believe this is halloween weekend um right in miami so look i, I think it's again i I've got hopes for this Virginia team, but you know, even if the offense is better, um, I don't, I can't le- trust them yet to win a game. And right. it's hard to pick. It's you're in a part of the schedule where we've gotten through the really, really tough out of conference, got through the couple easier teams. And now you're in some teams with talent. Um, I, I'm going to pick Virginia to lose this game. Um, 22, 16. <laughs> so you've got... It's the only one I didn't write a score down for because I was 50-50 on how I was going to go with this one. No, I, I kind just, of... I just can't pick them to win it. I, I, I'm exactly there. Um, I think Miami probably has more talent than I'm giving them credit for. I'm going to leave open that possibility. And I also feel like maybe UVA is just not going to be able to put it together as well two weeks on the road. I've got the Canes winning it 19-13, to 13, so we're right there in the same sort of score range. Um, I, I don't know why, but when these teams meet, it, it's always a little ugly for some reason. 
Um, and I have a feeling this year's will probably be about the same. Ferber, what do you feel like? Uh, what's your what's your pleasure between Virginia and Miami? Yeah, exactly the same kind of deal. I think it's going to be a game where UVA doesn't really play their best. Um, I think it's a game where Miami doesn't really play their best, <laughs> but maybe they make fewer mistakes. Um, for yeah, you mentioned like the ugly games. UVA sometimes it feels like a, such a chore to score against Miami. I think some of that is UVA just hasn't had the the line talent. Um, to kind of hang with Miami, who usually is pretty good up front. I know they've added some transfer offensive linemen this year, which was a huge issue for them last year. They also canned their offensive coordinator after one year. Um, so we'll see if that kind of does anything for them. Um, but yeah, I think they have the guys to kind of, I think like Dave said, maybe I don't expect them to be, you know, great or anything. And they've got a, a, some tough games. I know they, they have Florida State, Clemson and Texas A&M and a bunch of other games in there, North Carolina. Um but I think they'll be better, and I think that they'll handle this one. I think I have Miami uh, 27 to 14. 27 14. So at this point in the season, we have UVA, all three of us have UVA at three and five. I got to be honest, this has to be the most um, consistent we've all spoken, so to speak, right? At this point, this late in the year, right? We're going to get to the first game of November, and we've got UVA with the same, um, the same record. Uh, November the 4th, Cavaliers are going to finally get back home. They'll welcome Georgia Tech uh, to Scott Stadium on Saturday, September. Sorry, November the 4th. I I, I look at this at as noon. like, is, <laughs> pencil that one I'm in. Already, I'm already putting it. <laughs> Mark down. it down. Um, what's funny about this to me is that like, in, and I, my theme of these, these, this like piece of the schedule is like, you kind of feel like you know what you get. And then next week they, they kind of throw something different at you. So like, whereas I I think they're going to have trouble scoring at Miami. I feel like they're going to be able to put some points on the board against Georgia tech. Um, And the reason for that really comes down to, I I like overall, I like where their skill talent is, but I I just think that consistency is going to be the thing that this offense is searching for and kind of chasing all year long. Every time they find it, they can't quite put it back together the next game. Right. So give me UVA to win this one, 34-23. Um, it, it, I, I don't think that um, that it's particularly pretty, but I, I could totally see UVA kind of getting up a couple scores. Georgia Tech, um, you know, makes the thing a little tighter. Um, maybe even the defense has to come through with a stop or two to make sure that um, Georgia Tech doesn't make it even closer. Um, but I, I think this is one of those games that you look back on at the end of the season and say, you know what, the, they were, they're making some strides because they were able to sort of bounce back from those two losses, um, you know, on the road and get a win when they came back home. And I mean, like, I don't expect Georgia Tech to be like all that great, but I also don't think that they're necessarily like trash can juice or anything. So I think this is a, a nice win for UVA, especially considering in my, you know, and I guess all of us at this point. Um, because we have all three had uh, two losses in a row on the road there. Um, it's just nice to come back home, get a win. I think that's a that's a good thing to sort of build around a little bit um, as November gets going. Uh, let's see, Dave. Let's go to you. No, actually, Ferber. Let's go to you. What are you? How, how are you feeling about the Georgia Tech game? <laughs> I unmuted myself first. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that you mentioned the Wayman Mary game, the JMU game. I think this is another one that it's like, all right, you know, maybe things aren't going your way. Uh, against some of the better teams, but like find a way to beat these teams. And then, you know, that's progress, right. And try to do, you know, put something good on tape. And I'm sure this is going to be a really good game in the trenches. Cause you know, our boy Jeep Wade's going to have his guys ready to go. Um, 
for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Um, and Ricky Brumfield, obviously, you know, will have the special teams ready to go. Um, I think this is going to be kind of ugly. Maybe not as ugly as last year's game, but I think there'll be some miscues and some drives that stall out in the red zone, a lot of field goals, that sort of thing. And I think ultimately I'm just going to go with the home team. I really don't know what Georgia Tech is going to be. Um, they're, I mean, I think they're kind of like UVA where it's like their variance is between really bad and like improved, but still not like win, still not winning like a bunch of games. Right. Um, and I kind of think that's where like they could be worse than UVA for sure. Um, especially if their quarterback situation doesn't work out. Um, but yeah, I think they'll be probably, it'll be, this is a close game. So I'll go with uh, the UVA, you know, the home team. So I'll go UVA 23 19. 23 to 19. All right. All right, Dave. So many field goals. So yeah, many I mean, field goals. I, I, so little time. I feel like Georgia Tech was better than we all give them credit for last year because we just saw them in that game. I mean, they won. They were 4-4 four and four in the ACC last year. You know, they they beat Pittsburgh, UNC. I mean, they, they went on games. like a they went on a winning streak when they fired their coach and then I think they kind of regressed, right? Yeah, yeah but they then they, came, no, they came back and won some games at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, Look, I think they're finished five and seven, four and four. Um, yeah, they beat Duke, they beat Pittsburgh. They won at Pittsburgh, they won at Virginia Tech, they won at North Carolina, and then they lost to Georgia. Um, there's a shocker. Um, so I mean, they've got talent there. I'll, I mean, I'll tell you right where I am with this game. I'm picking Virginia to lose this one, but it's not because I think Georgia Tech's tremendously better. I had the BC game and the Georgia Tech game as both toss ups, and I couldn't. I'm mean, I can't pick Virginia to win both of them, so I went with the BC game as the win. Um, no reason, no rhyme or reason. I think Virginia's going to win one of those two. I like the way the BC game kind of fits into the schedule as a win better than this one. So I got Georgia Tech winning 28-21. Um, come game week, I'll probably flip it. 28-21. And we finally have the chance to stay in consistency and you to blow it all up. All right. <laughs> so, um, all right. So the last home game of the season um, is a that Thursday is night game. What? Right, on the road. Dave. Last road game. That's what I just said. Road game. You said at home game. All right. Let's pretend I said road game because that's what I <laughs> wrong. Meant. You are La- you are wrong. <laughs> you are alpha. You alpha. live in Louisville. <laughs> All right. Last road game of the season, uh, <laughs> November the ninth, uh, at Louisville. Um, let's see. I'll start here. I listen. I don't have a really good feel for this game, mainly because I feel like Louisville's roster more than any other one that I've paid attention to in the league feels like the one that just never makes any sense to me. The years I think they're going to be good, they're not. The years that I think they're going to be trash, they're great. Uh, it's just weird. Well, not great. Maybe that's a little stretch. The years I think they're trash, they're, they're much better than that. So I, I'm going into this with the expectation that I think Louisville is going to be more talented than they have been in the past or, or the recent past, and I think maybe more consistent than they have been in the recent past. And... um you know, it's crazy to think sort of where, you know, that program has been. But I really like what they've done at the head coaching position. Um, I think that Brahm is a really good a fit for them for a variety of different reasons. So um, I kind of like them to score and score some some points pretty often. Now, I'm not really sure what their defense is going to be like, but I think they've, um, by this point in the season, I wouldn't be surprised if they sort of figured it out. So I got Louisville winning this thing 33-28, to 28, moving Virginia to 4-6 and six on the year. Dave, what you got? Yeah, I, I like the Brom hire a lot for them, obviously. He's a Louisville guy, right? Um, this is a weird one. I, I'm going to lean. I think he's going to have their offense 
kind of figured out by then. I don't know if they'll be elite, um, but I think they'll be good. Now, the alternate world exists where he's kind of in a typical year one situation and the guys who didn't like him are, are checked out and they're, you know, they're kind of <laughs> playing out the playing out the uh the season and for Virginia that's that's what you hope but I think they'll have the offense at least better by that point and then you've got to look at the timing of the game you know Virginia is at home and then has to travel for a Thursday night game um after playing you know Georgia Tech whereas Louisville plays that Saturday I think Saturday before they played Tech um but they get to stay home for that Thursday night so short week a little bit more of advantage to the home team um and I, you know, I don't know Louisville is, but I assume they'll be decent. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt in a, in a couple score win 35 to 19. 35 to 19. Got Virginia on a four game losing streak. Four game losing streak at three and seven overall. I Ferber, what'd you think? Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's more losses than you had all last year. Times last two. Three. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think uh, I think one of the sneaky things about and this is kind of where I think uh, you know everybody around college football has to kind of think about these things a little differently, just because like you know Brom coming in, you're like, all right, year one, he's got to like come in and get his stuff you know figured out and like get his guys. You know, you can go out in the portal now and get your guys. And I think Louisville has added a lot of talent to their roster. Um, he brought in Jack Plummer, a quarterback that he's familiar with from Purdue, who's a pretty good player. Um, and you know he'll be able to come in and I think do what they need to do to to win games and score points. I don't think you know they're gonna light it up or anything. I think that Louisville Georgia Tech game in Week One will be interesting, um, just to kind of see where those two teams are. Uh, but yeah, I mean I think Louisville kind of handles this one. I, I I don't know why. Like we were talking about going to Boston College. I hate watching UVA play at Louisville for some reason. Me too. Me too. It's like it, I don't know if it's their field or it's like the red the, is the, the crowd. Black. It's the reason or, I hate Maryland. Yeah, and it's like it's not even like that hard of a place to go. It's just like, all right, you know, another game at Louisville on the turf. On the like, turf. You know, let's just see what this is like. Um, but yeah, I, I think Louisville wins 31-21. 31 21. 31 to 21. On all a right. Thursday night. On a Thursday night. All right. F- so you, you've got UVA at four and six. I've got UVA at four and six. Dave has UVA at three and seven. What is the world coming to? All right. <laughs> That's the end of the podcast, folks. It's been there. Hell <laughs> of a ride. <laughs> we never even got those t-shirts out. All right. What's next? West Coast teams in the ACC? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Saturday, November the 18th, Cavaliers begin the last two games of the season at home. They host Duke uh, in a game that I'm sure will be at noon, um, especially if the record is going the way this thing has a fascinating sort of sliding doors situation with Elko and everything that happened um, sort of in the coaching carousel and such going into the hires that these two schools made. Um, let's see. Let's start with you, Dave. What's your what's your your prognostication here um, for the Duke game? Well, my first prognostication is that Justin just immediately went and pulled up all the games to see what time that guess what time that game is going to be. Um <laughs> He's like a savant. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> see. Uh, it's probably um, going to be noon. I'm not looking, but it, it, yeah. He said it's, right. I'm not looking. Dang it. I lost a bit. So uh, I've got Virginia three and seven at this point, but it's because I think this is a game Virginia just comes out and freaking puts it all together. And uh, Ferber and I were talking about it, I think it was today or yesterday, and we we're yapping about Duke. Um, 
like they had so much luck last year. And I, I think, look, El- Elko's a great coach. He's either going to, if, if he wins seven or eight games this year with this team and that schedule, he, Duke's going to pay him a lot of money to stick around. Um, I'm kind of, like, I think they'll be decent next year, but I think they're a team that, look, they're not going to have guys that can overpower Virginia. They, they're just, you know, they're getting a similar guy to we are, you know, that, that Virginia does. So I think being at home and, um, with the, with the way, way that game went last year. I like Virginia in this one. Um, I think Virginia scores. The offense finally clicks. I've got Virginia winning this one 42 to 30. Um, yeah. Just that would make Tony Elliott look pretty dumb for one to hire Mike Elko as his defensive coordinator. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, it would. <laughs> it would. Like, and he gives up all the points. Ferber, what you got? Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with Duke with Dave's assessment of Duke, just kind of like, they might be fine, but like they have a lot of tough games. So like, I think the record will regress. And if it doesn't, then their coach is leaving. So um, I think that would be it for him. <laughs> he would be off to Michigan or wherever. Um, but yeah, I think this will be a, a tight game. Um, I'll just go with Duke. I think they're a level above where, where UVA is right now, um, especially if they have the consistency at quarterback. Um, and Riley Leonard continues to play well. They just have solid group of running backs, solid group of receivers, pretty good defense. They seem to be well coached. I think they'll, like I said, I think they'll regress from, I think they won, what, nine games last year. Um, I think it'll be more like seven this year, six. Um, But I think that they come to Charlottesville and win this one. UVA is in a weird spot here. I mean, they got a few extra days to prepare, but, you know, they're trending towards another losing season. And then you have the rivalry game next week. So um, I kind of wonder, like, where these two teams are, you know, might impact how this game gets played. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Duke wins, but I could certainly see UVA winning this game, but I'll go 28, 24 Duke. 28, 24 was the game. This was the other game that I was considering flipping with Boston college. It was, one was going to be a win. One was going to be a loss. Interesting. I figured this was the game. All right. So that would put all of us now at four and seven. I don't think we've ever had this kind of, uh, synchronicity, um, on the preseason. We're not all at five and seven. I'm disappointed in both of you. (laughs) <laughs> was that a was that a reference to the band the police it technically was i guess yes it was um all right so season ends uh november the 25th at home against virginia tech um i, I think we should start with dave just because that allows him to sort of get his um uh oh wait, wait i haven't picked a duke game have i uh no i haven't yet have i um all right so i'll keep this short and sweet I was, Dave was kind of saying a lot of the things that I thought, except then he just like, he leaned with Virginia, just like really going to put the hammer down. Um, I kind of feel like this is one of those games where a lot of things click, um, but they just make a few too many mistakes. Um, so it gives you a lot of hope, but do, they, they can't necessarily close the deal. So I got Duke winning at 36, 33, which is why I mentioned that we all have them at four and seven. All right, Dave. Floor's yours. Um, uh, if tech sucks, the uh, they may be worse in Virginia. <laughs> weights, weights and, are the same as weight or whatever. Um, but uh, but I think you know clearly, clearly Fuente was a problem. It, it's not hard to replace a legend. They just picked the wrong guy to do it. Um, Brent Pry, you think they're playing two quarterbacks at this time, or they're on the third by now? Who knows? Um, <laughs> look, I, I don't like their roster. I really don't like their head coach. Really don't like their program. Uh, Forty-eight to nine. Who's they? Uh, we miss an extra. They block an extra point and 
add to their touchdown lead. 48 to 9. 48 to 9. With a blocked extra point. Wow. (laughs) That wasn't that was rare form, Dave. Five and seven. Well done. Five and seven. All right, Ferber. You got a 48 to 9 with a blocked field goal or blocked extra point. I do not. (laughs) That Um, was a little bit too wacky even for you. Yeah, I, if they win 48 to, I mean, honestly, like how many games could Tony Elliott or like this team win this year in 48 to nine? Like, and people would be like, okay, that's a good season. Like two or three. <laughs> this is the like one. just this one. That yeah, it's like, one. yeah, it's like, all right, you know, or Tennessee, you know, maybe Jamie. Well, if you, you know, you, the, the real thing here is UVA's quest for the state championship, <laughs> trying to go three and oh against in state <laughs> teams. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, this is tough. I'm I'm so I almost did it last year. I had this game as a loss and obviously never got played. Um, and then on the night of the podcast, I flipped it to a win. Cause I was like, hey, I'm being too hard on these guys. Um, I'm not flipping it this time. I think tech wins 14 to 10. Um, I think 14 it's, to I, 10. I just feel like, I mean, th- this game is such a referendum on the season and like where the programs, both of them are. It's kind of weird that like Bronco and Fuente got hired at the same time. And then in the same year, they both hired new coaches. Um, so it's like, you have to constantly be comparing them against like the progress they're making and things like that. I agree with pretty much everything Dave said. I don't think that their rosters any better than UVA's really. Um, uh, their, their schedule is kind of weird. I don't really know where they're going to be as a team. I think they'll probably win about the same amount of games as UVA, maybe like one more or one less. Um, and this game might be the difference there. They might have the same record coming in. Um, I think it helps that UVA is at home. Uh, but I just feel like, you know, I think UVA is going to make some progress on offense, but I think that they're going to have a few clunkers in there. I don't know exactly what games are going to be, but it, historically it feels like this one is the one that it, where it happens. <sighs> All right. Here's my thing. I, I was going to say, did I, did I just no, drop the mic no, no, on no, you guys? No, no, you didn't. I was just trying to, trying to figure out how I was going to like get into this. All right. Listen, I don't think tech's going to be very good. Um, but weird stuff happens in this game. I also don't necessarily know if at this point in the season, Virginia is any good. I, I do think that I, I trust Virginia at this point to be in, in, in the games. Right. So one of the themes, if you, I mean, you're not charting this at home um, because why would you? But I had UVA losing by six, losing by um, 11, um, but then losing by five, losing by three. I I think part of this thing is going to be figuring out ways, you know, in a lot of ways that's, that's what this whole thing's about, right? It's figuring out how to be, you know, to put yourself in position, but then actually to win the game, right? It's one thing to just say like, oh, we're going to play well. And like I mentioned earlier, I do think that this Virginia offense is going to be able to move the chains. They're going to stay on the field. Can they score points? Can they do what they need to do in the red zone? Um, and I think not having that sort of mobile, um, more mobility, I guess is the better way to say this, at quarterback, I think could really hurt them. That being said, I don't think Tech's going to be very good. So my my thought process on this is like I almost went way further when I I still think they're going to score more points simply because I don't think, um, I don't know I just I, I just think weirdness is going to happen with this game, um. So I've got Virginia winning at thirty one twenty seven in large part because I think at this point even though um even though there have been some signs that Tech is you know for lack of a description is quote unquote back or whatever 
man, some of those same signs feel super duper familiar to me, right? Um, the whole dual quarterback thing, like we joked among, <laughs> I think when, when I think it was Dave sent that in the, in the text thread today. And I was like, um, I said, I made some Mike Lennon joke in all caps or whatever. Um, I think I said something like Mike Lennon, come on down. The reality is, is that like a lot of what is going on with Tech's program is from the same place, which is that when they went to replace the legend, they kind of tried to do it halfway and they didn't do a very good job of it. And so I feel like that's a problem um, and it's going to continue to be a problem for them for, you know, a while. So I've got UVA winning it, uh, 31-27. I got them finishing 5-7 and seven along with Dave. Ferber's got them at 4-8. and eight. Um, I felt really good about the, where that 5-7 and seven was going to be. I thought, we're like, you know what, I'm finally kind of keeping them in ch- keeping the, everything in check. And then Ferber came in with a 4-8. and eight. So now yeah. I feel like maybe I'm, I'm one game fat. Um, any closing thoughts before we wrap up our, uh, yeah. our preseason show? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this is one of the hardest years I've had predicting games because, mm. like, I mean, there's years I've had unbridled optimism, you know, based on hopes that this player would be what I thought he could be and uh, they would figure it all out. This year, I have no clue. Like, I'll be the first time I did this today, I had Virginia 1 and 11. Um, I was in a bad mood, right? <laughs> then I came back. The, the most that, Five and seven, which is where I ended up, is about the highest ever. I think I got to six and yeah. six and one variation of this. Um, I was going to say, what do you feel like the range or like the floor ceiling is? Because I feel like the ceiling is kind of low and the floor is really low. I mean, the floor, the floor is the the, the, the floor is zero and 12. the bottom. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, because like we just is, don't know. It's not like that's not an indictment of anybody or anything. I think that's like we just don't know. Like, yeah, and like I say, zero and twelve with. With I think Virginia's got talent, and I love the defensive coaches, and I love in some of the individual offensive coaches, but I don't know until I see this team if what I saw last year was all lack of buy-in from a quarterback, receivers, and a and an offensive line that was largely replacing, you know, five guys um, and with the a scheme, coach who didn't and know the, the system. Scheme headaches that you run into or, yeah, anywhere, or it's even a, with buy-in. It's a scheme that's more designed for five stars than what Virginia produces. Um, I am leaning on the fact that what I could see body language wise and what we heard is we didn't have a quarterback had full buy-in. So you, even if Musket, like, I don't think Musket's ceiling is what Brennan's ceiling is. If he's elite, you know, if Brennan's bought in, um, in, in a scheme like he had with Dr. Dr. Bob, but I don't think Musket's ceiling in this scheme is much lower if Lower at all than Brennan's would have been. Yeah, I would. I, I would. Yeah, I would think that his sound. ceiling in this scheme is much higher than Brennan's because yeah. I think he can do a lot, of, and he feels more comfortable. I think Brennan needs to be able to freelance, and I think that the the way that the you know the way Bob would kind of cut the field in half, right? You really only had to read uh, a little bit at a time. It was time. so much pre snap. It was like, oh, we motioned three guys against two. So, and I know the routes, and they don't. So, like, I know who's going to be open. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. none of that rotate, none of that movement uh, changes the fact that I'm a six foot eight tight end who can jump out the building. Yeah, I, the again, seat, right? I go back to but, but sort anyway. of that piece, but yeah. no, I don't. I didn't mean to derail what you were saying. I just yeah, think I that like Musket, I think to me has a clearly has a higher ceiling in this system than Brennan would ever have had. Now, in terms of just raw stats, I think he can put up some monster numbers for NC State, but they're going to be those games where like, yeah, he's going to have moments where he's doing pretty well. And he's got these games where like, all of a sudden the thing just looks broken and you don't know why. And the reason for that is because it's all freelance, 
right? Yeah, and yeah. if you're not getting the matchups you want, it's all, you know, it's fool's gold. You know what I mean? But anyway, continue. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. yeah, so I, mean, I guess the point I wanted to get to, and I, I'm firm, well, I've heard this before, but I think the three keys for Virginia this year to be, you know, what, what they become is based on, one, the offensive line improving. Um, if the offensive line doesn't improve, they can't run the ball, they can't protect the quarterback, the offense isn't going to be any good. Number two, right. the special teams have to improve. This is going to be, if Virginia does number one, if there's bad special teams as they were last year, those games that, if they can get into a game, the special teams are going to cost them, whether that's punt return coverage or whatever it is. Like They've got to be better across the board. And then number three, the defense has to be what we saw last year. Um, if you can get those three, I think quarterback play will work out. I like Musket, but I think if Virginia can do those three things, they can get to five and seven, six and six. If those, if they only get one of those three, I don't know how bad they could be. If they get zero of those three, they could be really, really bad. Um, so it, like, and then you, what we kind of brought up, I brought up in the podcast, like, you know, these games don't play in a vacuum like we discuss them. Um, there's a lot of factors at play, and you know, a, a bad start, like. I think the staff can keep the team together if they start out 0-4, but it's going to be a challenge. And every you know, every hiccup you hit without success gets tougher and tougher when the transfer reporter is sitting there. So um, I think we'll know quickly. We'll know before the end of September how bad this thing's going to be. That's for sure. Yeah, I have a couple things. First, Let's go. I think I think I just want to read some numbers. Um, last year, and, and this is where I, the ultimate point I'm trying to make is this. I think I'm not exactly sure how many games UV is going to win, but I think I need to see some proof of concept that the offense can work. Um, and that like, I'm not trying to say, Oh, it was all Brennan, it, but it's like, show me that it was partially the guys playing partially the scheme, partially the newness of the scheme, you know, whatever. Um, and that now we can put the right guys in the right place and things will work. But last year, uh, 117th nationally and third down conversions. 122nd in red zone scoring, 118th in red zone touchdown percentage, 123rd nationally in turnover margin, 107th nationally in penalty yards per game, 121st nationally in sacks allowed per game, uh, 99th in TFLs allowed per game, uh, 129th nationally, which is, uh, I think, third from the bottom in 20-plus yard plays, 113th in fourth down conversions, 120th in field goals made and 131st in PATs made. That sounded terrible. Those are all really, really, really bad. Bad. Um, Not just like, oh man, they're worse than they were the year before. No, like, I mean, Bad, 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 bad. And it's like, and that's part of the thing too, is like, I don't, I don't see a world where this isn't somewhat of a group effort on like, you know, what happened. Right. I mean, I think you can't put it all on the coaches because like, it's not like they're playing a football scheme from the 1920s. Like you guys are open and they missed them and they threw picks and they fumbled and they had, you know, penalties and pre- procedural issues and, you know, drops. We didn't even talk about that. Um, those key issues, specifically red zone conversions and third down conversions are things that need to change. Um, they don't need to go from 117th to first. They need to go from 117th to 70th. We talked about this with the defense last year, right? I said if they could go from like 80th in total defense or whatever they were to like 60th, they could win a bunch of games. They ultimately ended up 44th. Um, so, I mean, you can make the improvements. It's just, you know, I, I think those marginal things are what determines games. That Miami game was completely decided by what they did in the red zone pretty much. Um, 
you know, and, and pressure. And I think the offensive line has a chance to be better with different guys. And I think Tony's accuracy in the short to intermediate is going to make the difference. Um, and another thing that I wanted to say is that I think one big difference between this year and last year is if Tony comes out and plays like Brennan played, he's going to get benched. 100%. They're going to go to Calandria because they clearly like him. So like yeah. that's going to happen. And that doesn't mean all your problems are going to get solved. Um, and I don't think he's going to get benched. I, I mean, if he does, I think it would be like once the season is clearly headed in a really bad direction or something, or if he was just like really, really struggling. Um, but I mean, you, I think like if, if he came out and did what Brennan did against Pitt, he would not come back out for the third drive. I don't think it just like, they feel better about their backup than they did last year. So I think that kind of changes the dynamic. Um, I think the receiver group is going to be underrated just because I think it's not as talented a group as they had last year, but last year's group wasn't productive. I mean, like you just, it's the same with Brennan. You just have to look at what they did. Like they didn't do anything. They dropped a bunch of balls. They didn't score touchdowns. Um, you know, I think this group can do just as good, if not better, especially when you have two guys in fields and Wilson that can win jump balls. Um, and then a guy like Washington who's experienced, I think, they'll find a way to make it work. I don't think the offense is going to light it up, but I think they can make marginal improvements. I don't know that that's going to result in a bunch of wins because I think the schedule's hard. And that's ultimately why we have such a low floor for this team is they don't have any, like even their FCS opponent is good. So, you know, if you played a bad FCS opponent, we wouldn't say the floor was lower than one in 11, right? <laughs> you know, if they were playing VMI. So um, ultimately I think they, I think the schedule was a little bit of an unforced error. You know, having Maryland and Tennessee both away in the same year is just doesn't need to happen. Um, and uh, yeah, hope the one point five million dollars they're going to get from it is worth it. <laughs> well, the next time you hear from us, we will be discussing uh, a game week uh, situation. We'll actually, you know, be in the midst of it. So very excited to get uh, to get there next week. Very excited to. Um, I don't know. It's the, the, I guess a lot of next week's show will be prop bets. Um, because a lot of times we've already talked a, little, a lot about the opener and certainly in this situation, we're not going to, we're not going to be breaking down specifics about Tennessee. We're, we're going to, we're going to spend our time more wisely, um, than that. If you're somebody out there who found the website or excuse me, found the podcast through the website, thank you very much. You give us a listen. If you don't mind, look at us up on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, overcast or wherever it is that you get your shows. And if you're so inclined to give us a rating and review, we'd appreciate it. If you're somebody who's found the podcast but has not given us a look at the website yet, you can just check us out at CavsCorner.com. Lots of stuff. We got depth charts. We got basketball recruiting. We obviously got lots of stuff rolling into next week and back into our sort of game week um, mold. So give us a look. All right. I want to thank all of you out there supporting the show. And I thank, of course, Dave and Ferber for being gracious to leave their time. As always, I very much appreciate all that they do. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon.